0: Well, hi everybody and welcome to the Living with Power Hope podcast. Lena Abu here and I am so glad you're back. Listen if it's your first time here, welcome. If you've been here before, then you know that every week we get to spend time talking about uh, faith, life, culture, and all sorts of things. We are now in a series in the book of Hebrews, and I have heard some great things from you about it. It's called the Confidence Series, and I hope it's encouraging you. Hey, I've got some great news. My new book is out. Don't tell anyone you're reading this, uh, a Christian doctor's thoughts on sex, shame, and other troublesome issues. That's a whole lot of title, but it's really a great book about forgiveness and love and intimacy and sex. And so if you want to find out more about me, get the book, it's on Amazon, or you can find out about it at drlenabook.com. Honestly, everybody who's reading it is connecting with it. It's been really um, exceeding my expectations in in terms of its reaction from readers. And so um, this is a book that I was nervous to put out, but honestly, you guys have been so gracious and encouraging. And if you haven't read it, uh, do so, get it. I think you will not regret it. (laughs) That rhymed, all right. Uh, So uh, without further ado, let's hit the Hebrews study for today. And uh, uh, this is a 10-week study. We're now uh, well on our way here. I hope you can sit back and enjoy it. Or if you're out and about, uh, just listen up, pay attention, and let's pray that God moves in our hearts as we dig into his word and the spirit of God moves in us. Thanks again for checking in. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. All right. If you've been with us, then you know that we're doing a series called uh, The Confidence Series. It is a study of the book of Hebrews, and we're all the way to chapter 11. We only have two more chapters after this week. We've been trying to go through as close. I, th- I think we've read the whole book pretty much. We've skipped a couple of small passages along the way, but I think even in the teaching, we've been able to get through all of the readings. Today, I'm going to try to read the entire chapter because there's not a verse that will not encourage you. But we have been uh, focusing on the fact that uh, uh, this book is written to Christians who had been persecuted, and it's a call to in- persevere. It is a call to stand strong. And the whole book is a presentation. The thesis of it is that Jesus is better. It is a book that shows the supremacy of Christ, hands down, the preeminence of Christ. And and in an era back when it was written to the Jewish people, their struggle was to go back to their old faith, to the old religious system that they had because it was more comfortable because they weren't persecuted when they did that, but it wasn't the truth. And so it's easy to hang on to something that's not the truth because it's comfortable, but it's not best because we know the truth. And so the writer of the book of Hebrews, unknown writer, we don't know who wrote it, but he's pushing, encouraging them, pressing them in this book to stay strong. But he's also giving this presentation to those who are hedging, like one foot in the door, one foot not. And it's also an admonition and a call to to convict those who are sort of like, ah, you know, I know it up here, but I'm not sure I want to be all in. And so it's all these things. And so wherever you find yourselves, whether you don't know about Christ and you're learning, or you're hemming and hawing, split with a desire to to live your own life versus give your life to Christ, or maybe you're all in, but you've been struggling with, with maybe some discouragement. Maybe you have been persecuted in your own way. Maybe it's the trials of your life that feels like they're weighing you down. This book is for you. We've had so many points of encouragement, of the call to come closer to the Lord. And so we left the teaching. So every week we've sort of looked at a point of confidence. Like, why can we be confident? Well, we know Jesus is better, but why? And so every week we've looked at that, like, because he speaks. Then we looked at because he's in control. And then because he's faithful. And then because he loves me. And then because he does not lie. And then because he's better. And last week, because of the cross. And this week, we're going to focus on the others. I call this teaching, I am confident because of the others. But we're really going to look on faith. And last uh, two chapters were a discussion on the cross of Christ, and and we compared sort of the old sacrificial system to what was now made perfect in Christ, and how the blood of Christ that was shed was so much more valuable than the blood of animals. That as perfect as the animals were, they were not like the Son of God who gave His perfect life for us, and and how this had to happen only once for all, as opposed to the sacrificial, you know, lambs we, year after year. And and then we in chapter ten looked at this call again to come close to the Lord because we have confidence. We've been offered this gift of uh, the privilege of coming into his presence, knowing that we have been given grace. And so the very last few verses of chapter 10 of Hebrews uh, are amazing verses. And, and he, uh, the writer writes these things. He says, he, he reminds the people who are listening, like there was a time when you were persecuted and you were still willing to stay in. And then he says in verse 35, therefore don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward. For you have need of endurance. At the heart of this was a need to endure, and uh, and how many of us uh, can read these verses even now and be like, man, I that connects. And if you underline things in your Bible like I do. That is a verse that is underlined because I have need of endurance and I see it all the time. I can teach endurance. I can teach faith, but it is in my own life that I need to practice it. And it is so hard. And, and you think about the why, why is it so hard to believe? I'm going to get into that in a minute, but we have need of endurance. Uh, and he says, now don't throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance. By the way, There is a reward, and we're gonna see this now in chapter 11, and then he goes on and and says that yet a little while, and the coming one will come and will not delay. Jesus is coming back, friends, he is. This is not the end of the story. And then he finishes chapter 10 with this, but we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So he leaves us in chapter 10 on this amazing sort of like, if you're like in an instrument, in a band, it's like the cymbals at the end, (laughs) you know, or like the big drums at the end. And it's just big declaration, like we are people of faith. Don't shrink back, persevere. And now he gets into chapter 11 and he starts listing the others. One after one after one, we start hearing about the men and women of faith. And I am struck over and over again. I, I did a devotional yesterday, I believe. And one of the things that I was telling them is is about like, why does God wait? Like, why does he wait and delay to answer our need and, and I was telling them the story of the disciples who were in the boat and Jesus was praying and then he walks on the water to them and, and Jesus shows up in the fourth watch of the night. That was like three to six a.m the last bit of, like the storm had been raging for the first watch, the second watch, the third watch, but Jesus doesn't drop to the fourth watch. Why? And, and and one of my conclusions, I gave him four points, I'm not gonna share them here, but one of them was that he does it of course we know to strengthen us. But but the second that I keep seeing, and I believe Hebrews 11 shows it, which is he he did that in order, not just to strengthen the disciples, but to strengthen us. We read the stories in scripture and we're encouraged and we don't shrink back because we hear the stories of people like the list in Hebrews 11, it's called the Hall of Faith. In scripture, because it is literally like the superstars of, in the Bible. I don't know if they're superstars. Some of them had some crazy stories. I mean, you know, there, there's some examples there that if you really tore it apart, you'd be like, man, I don't know if they were the, emblem, you know, the the perfect picture of faith. But the Bible, God thinks that they're the perfect picture of faith, and that should encourage us because we see how they were so human like us, and yet God used their example to stun us with this reminder that we can endure not because of who we are but because of who Christ is in us and so and so this is Hebrews 11 it's like the illustration of the sermon remember that the entire book of Hebrews was not written as a letter like so many writings of Paul the apostle wrote as a letter this was a sermon it was actually thought to be three sermons weaved together and we don't know who wrote it but but it was written as such and so you get to chapter 11 it's like the illustrations and every good sermon maker you know will come up with the content and then you want to bring in an illustration because it drives the point home well he doesn't have one illustration he has many and you'll see towards the end of the chapter where he starts listing them one after the next, after except next and literally we could spend an entire year in the book of hebrews 11 and let's read hebrews 11 chapter 1 with that in mind so he's telling us not to shrink back to stay strong to know that there's more coming and now he moves into now faith is the substance of things hoped for. That's how I memorized it when I was here in the ESV. It says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's what faith is. Faith is about believing in what you do not see. It's linked with hope. It's like the other side of the coin of hope. He says, for by it, by faith, the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Think about what God can, God created an entire universe out of what is not seen. Sometimes we look at our lives and we think, but how can God do anything? There's nothing evident there. God can create out of nothing. That's, that's who he is, that's what he does, and that's what he's done all along. So you don't need to have the materials. He'll bring the materials, he'll bring the miracle. And then he goes on by faith, now he starts going through by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Remember, Abel killed an animal and offered a blood, whereas Cain offered fruit of his own handiwork. And, and, and the entire spirit of the gift was, in for, for Cain was man-made and for Abel was, of course, according to the heart of God. And God commended Abel and, and, and Cain killed Abel, right? So that's going all the way back to Genesis. And so he says, God commending him by accepting his gifts and through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. Yeah, Abel was killed, but to this day, we speak. about him and his testimony has continued and endured through the ages and then he says now he goes on to one maybe less famous by faith Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death a small verse in Genesis that talks about Enoch in the genealogies in one place and he says that Enoch was so close to God that God just took him he never died it's an incredible story who of us can say that we walk with God to this degree but but here he says by faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. In today's world, we'd be like the UFO came and got him or, you know, some kind of walking dead. Well, no, God took him. And I don't know how they knew that, but but they were convinced of that. And now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And now here it is. This is a beautiful, verse 6. You've got the underline and circle. This is really a critical verse And without faith, it is impossible to please God, to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him." Listen, faith is the Christian life. Faith isn't just part of the Christian life, it's the entire Christian life. Faith insinuates not seeing. If you see it, it's not faith. If you feel it, it's not faith. Most of us are frustrated in the Christian life, right? I get in that place a lot. I want to feel it, I want to see it. I I talk about faith, but really what I'm asking God in reality is to give me the paperwork so that I can handle it and I see it and feel it and then I go, okay, okay, I believe you, God. But that's not faith. Faith puts hope in what is not seen. And, And you go, have you ever wondered, like, what pleases God more than anything? Some of us think, well, if I save, you know, if I go and tell more people about Jesus and they come to Christ, that will please God. That's not what we're told pleases God. Um, you go, Maybe I give, if I give all my money to the poor, that, that will please God. No, that's not what we're told here, that, that the thing that pleases God. Uh, to, what I mentioned, those things are not bad things, they're just not the thing that pleases God. You go, it's impossible to please Him. You can have all these other things, but if you don't have faith, you cannot please God, but remember it took faith to even have a relationship with God. You hear the gospel story, you have to at some point take a step of faith. You can gather all the facts in the world. There are many people who ask all sorts of questions about Christianity and about who Jesus is and they'll get answers, but eventually, we have to put our faith in Christ, but not just at salvation, but throughout our life. Faith is what pleases God. You go, okay, but, but, but faith in what? See, the point isn't just faith. Everybody's talking about faith, have you noticed? People talk about faith all the time. There are people in the world who are of all kinds of religious people who don't even believe in anything. So you gotta have faith. But we're not talking about an esoteric faith and like, oh, I have faith that this chair will hold me down. I'm not believing in the chair. I mean, the chair can hold me down because there's gravity laws, but, but the faith that God is talking about in verse six is the faith that propels you to draw near to God. The pivot, the tipping point, isn't that I have faith, but that I have faith in God, so much so that I draw near to Him. That's what we did at Salvation. Many of you, like myself, struggle with having enough faith. Like, I, I spent so much time worrying, am I believing God enough? And and what do I need to do to increase my faith? And you'll hear preachers say, you gotta have more faith. And if something doesn't happen, you go, but it's because I didn't have enough faith. And, and but, but, but it's not your faith, it's the object of your faith. And. What faith does is propels you to draw near to God, but not just to draw near in in despair, but to draw near with, what does he say? With with the expectation. we, For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists. Well, you can't draw near to who you do not, don't believe exists, so you gotta believe that he exists, but that also that he rewards those who seek him. There is a fruit to faith, and we're gonna see it throughout the chapter 11. Over and over again, every story, though there was waiting, though there was delays, so there was obstacles, so, so though, though, though there was all sorts of complications, the reward was there. And, and by the way, not always in the way that we want. There's a couple of verses we're gonna get to. And, and, and often, futuristic, faith in what was to come, but, but faith based on the Word of God, rooted in the character of God who does not lie. We spent a whole week talking about the fact that God does not lie and uh, that's what pleases god so you might be wondering what what's what makes our faith weak why do we struggle to believe and i think there's a few things that we there's a lot of reasons i believe but there's a few things that i believe we have to sort of address i think the most obvious is what we're told in romans um i don't remember the verse 15 something maybe 14 Uh, faith comes by hearing, and hearing from the Word of God. Whoever knows the passage where it is, put it up, please, on the list. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing from the Word of God. If you're struggling with faith, one of the reasons could be that you're lacking God's Word in your life. You're just not spending time in the Word. This is why we're here on a Thursday night, and and this is why we push you. We have a Bible reading plan that we put every week, and why we remind you you need to be in the Word, because that is the basic. Like, if you want to have faith, because our faith is in God, and we know what God has promised by His Word. It is His promises that we stand on. That's where we're putting our faith in the promises of God, because that's the Word of God. That's what He's given us. And too many of us underestimate the power of the Word of God, and we, you know, we tend to we tend to kind of lean on on what we want as opposed to what God has said. I've made that mistake before. I read the word of God, but I interpret it through what I want. And so we tend to overstate our desires and understate the power of God and, 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 and his word. And, 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 and so be careful when you think about reading the word of God. I mean, just take the word of God for, for what it is and, and put your weight in it. And so you might be struggling with faith because you're just not getting enough of God's word in your life. Maybe maybe it's going in one ear out the other. Maybe you're reading it superficially. Maybe you're not spending enough time meditating on it. So that's one reason why I think we struggle with faith. Here's another one: past disappointments. You believed, you thought you did, and 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 I wrote a whole book about that, by the way. And and, and things didn't turn out like you wanted them to, right? And so your faith got fractured. Fractured faith, name of my book. And, and now you're afraid, what if God doesn't show up? Because you worry that he didn't show up before, and you go, well, what if what if he doesn't show up now? And, and again, this is a problem, again, where we tend to overplay uh, our ideas of what should be and underestimate God's word and the power of his word. And so we focus on the outcome we want as opposed to the character of God. Everything that God has promised you will come to pass. Just be careful not to interpret what he has said to what you want. This is James 4 says, you pray and you don't receive, you ask and you don't receive, it's because you ask to put it on your own lust. You're not asking according to the rule of God. Now, I'm not, that doesn't mean that, that you're supposed to like deny, well, you, there are times you need to deny your desires, but the reality is that you can ask God for something and if it's good and, and if God reinforces it in his word, then wait then wait and don't give up on it. If the desire is still there and it's godly, then maybe God will still show up and answer it. That's faith. It's believing that those who wait upon the Lord will renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagle, they shall walk and not faint. And you can claim a promise to the situation that you're in. And, and listen, this is very practical. I don't mean to make this esoteric. Like you might be waiting for a spouse and maybe you're getting older and you go, God, can he really do this? And look god hasn't written a verse that says mary joe on elm street is going to get a husband on it's it's not but but god has promised that marriage is a good thing and it is a good thing to desire to be in a in a marital relationship and 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 so if that's your desire god hasn't taken away pray into it and 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 ask god to you know he who began a good work in you will perform it on the day of jesus christ and all things will work together for good and 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 surrender that thing knowing that you have a good God who's able to meet that need. And and you can apply this to the prodigal son. If you have a child that is, that is not walking with the Lord and you go, well, I don't know that God promised me that. Well, he's made a whole lot of promises on how if you've brought him up in the word, it will not return void and on and on and on. And so find the word of God and apply it to your situation and hang your hope in it rather than being like, well, it hasn't happened yet. Therefore it will never happen again. That's what I tend to do. I'm an Eeyore in faith and it has to change at some point because faith pleases God and not just drawing near to God, but expecting a reward because he's good. And so in essence, Hebrews 11 is the story of person after person who like us were promised by God and maybe wrestled for a while, didn't see the reward, but eventually they did. And some didn't see it on earth, but they held on. And we'll see that in a moment. And so so sometimes it's a lack of the word of God that challenges your faith or makes your faith weak. Sometimes it's past disappointments. Um, fear, fear is another big reason why we tend to uh, be limited in our faith. We're afraid, afraid of our own sp- stuff, afraid of God not showing up, and fear in general is, is something that keeps, what if we lived without fear? Think about that. Faith is the opposite of fear. I mean, faith believes God and moves forward and acts even when you don't have all the answers because you believe that God in his nature is good and is not holding back from you that which is good for you. The whole series I taught on unshaken, sort of week after week, we looked at these men and women's scripture and and spent time talking about how we can stand unshaken. That is basically a message series on this stuff. So fear is another reason. And the fourth is unconfessed sin unconfessed sin sin will separate you from God from God Isaiah 59 verse 2 is a great verse to that regard and so and and listen the invitation in Christ you maybe you may be like oh oh, I guess I have a lot of sin I don't know like the invitation is that you can confess at this moment like God doesn't go well I'm sorry but you know ten years worth of sin I'm gonna hold on to that like he paid the price for it on the cross There is no condemnation of Christ. This is a day of salvation. Hebrews, we've spent an entire chapter 4 talking about how today is a day of salvation. So if you are a person who's struggling with unconfessed sin, confess it! so that you can boldly come to God. There's no obstacles. There's open communication. There's intimacy. You can draw near to God, not because you are good, but because he has paid the price for your sin. So if you're dealing with any of those situations, you know, maybe you're afraid, maybe you have past disappointments, or you're not spending time in the Word, or you've sin in your life, deal with those things. Return. Don't be wavering in faith. And so so the others are the men and women in Scripture who have displayed these sorts of, uh, examples And so so Abel's an example. Uh, uh, Enoch is an example who, of a man who walked with God. And then verse 7, by faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household, By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. He lived differently than the world. The world laughed at him, mocked him to scorn, but when the flood came, he was safe in the ark. The ark is a picture of Jesus. So his faith acted, he acted in obedience when everyone else thought he was crazy. Of course, then we get to Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance and he went out not knowing where he was going. Did you know that Oswald Chambers has a devotional on Abraham, and the entire devotional is titled Not Knowing Where. It is an amazing, if you want a devotional for the new year, find it on Amazon, it's called Not Knowing Where, but Oswald Chambers, the same guy who wrote My Utmost for His Highest, is an incredible little devotional on the life of Abraham. Think about it, this man, he did not, you go, If that's Abraham, you're comparing me to Abraham. Yeah, listen, Abraham's faith wasn't perfect. If you go back and read the story in Genesis, and again, we're hitting the New Year soon. Everybody's gonna start reading their Bibles in Genesis. Most of us will make it three weeks into it. So you'll get through the story of Abraham, and then most people drop off at that point. I pray that that is not you. But but you'll see that Abraham and Sarah, who by the way is the next person listed in the list of people of faith, they struggled. In fact, they manipulated and they forced and they tried to, to make faith happen. They tried to force God's hand by bringing Hagar into the mix and having Ishmael. And and Sarah, of course, laughed at God. When, when, remember when the, the, well, I don't know if you remember, but in Genesis chapter 18, when the three um, men showed up to the tent uh, of Abraham and they came to have a meal and and it was like, later it was found out they were angel from God, but, but, but they predicted again, they told, they promised Abraham again, like, you're gonna have a son. And Sarah was listening in the background and she laughed. And, and later when God fulfilled the promise, she laughed again, but this time a laughter of faith. So not perfect faith, but persistent faith. And so, so he went out not knowing where in verse nine, it says, by faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose, whose designer and builder is God. Looking forward. Most of the things God promised Abraham didn't happen in Abraham's life. God promised him he was going to have kids as many as the stars in the sky well by the time he died he didn't have that many kids he hadn't seen the birth of the messiah yet who was promised through the line of abraham but he believed it for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations whose designer and builder is god by faith sarah verse 11 herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised Again, you were reading this, this is the sermon illustration on faith, why we should not shrink back. You go, Sarah? Sarah, I thought she was the one who laughed when she was told she was gonna have a kid. Yes, but God saw deep in our heart a belief. Albeit weak, she believed God. And so this is so reassuring, isn't it, guys? Because sometimes the pressure in our, when you watch TV sermons, right, the Twitter sermons, so much talk about faith and, and faith pleases god but listen not how strong my faith is but how strong my god is you can have faith in a gnat a, a bee that doesn't faith this is you have faith in tarot cards that's not faith it's faith in god who spoke the word into the world into existence because look since she considered him faithful who had promised Faith based on the Word of God. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. We hope and the confident expectation of what God has promised us. Has God promised you some good things in your life? Hang on to that by faith. You go, but I don't see it yet. Faith doesn't see and yet believes. Some of you, like myself, we're looking at our lives and you might be going, man, I don't know if it hasn't happened by now. It's never gonna happen. Listen, you couldn't be more wrong. And I'm saying this, I'm speaking these things to you by faith and I know there are people watching who's going to come back and say, remember what you just said? Yeah, remember? We got to apply it, guys. And so there's Sarah who saw the results of her faith. Faith promises results. God promises results. Therefore, from one man and him as good as death were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. God always keeps his promises. Now, verse 13, these all, look at this. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. Some of you will go to your grave and not see your loved ones come to Christ. Listen, you believe it by faith. Some of you will have people in your family who are sick and you'll pray for their healing and they won't they won't make it. Listen, this is not the end of our story. There's an eternity coming. If their life is in Christ, they're never going to die. They just might move from this physical body to the unseen. We have faith in what God has promised. For people, verse 14, who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Are you seeking that homeland? Or are you living as if everything is here in this earth? Listen, there's more to come. But as it is, it says they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son. Imagine this, faith not just acts. So far we've seen faith persists, it's not perfect, but it persists, faith acts and then faith sacrifices. Abraham was given the challenge at one point in Genesis 22. God told him, go offer up Isaac on the altar. And so there was a test of faith. First, there was a promise given. Now there's a promise. Now there's a test of faith. And the test of faith was, do you believe God more than the promise? Are you going to hold on to God more than the promise? And Abraham passed that test with flying colors. He went to the act. He went to the altar. It says, uh, and he he who had, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said through Isaac, shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Imagine that. If God asked you to put on the altar of sacrifice that which you want the most in your life, are you willing to do it? Do you want God more than the gift? I've spoken about that so much here, and I believe it. It's a hard test, but is it a test that you're willing to make? By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau by faith. Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. Again, he's just going through person after person. Look at Moses by faith. Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. His parents had faith. The superstar was Moses, but his parents were the superstars. We don't even know their names. They're in the scripture. I don't remember them. Maybe you do. It says, because they saw that the child is beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Faith has doesn't fear man. It fears God more than man. And by faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Listen, faith uh, chooses um, uh, God's way over man's way. Uh, Faith um, I wrote something. I had a better way of saying it, but I can't find what I wrote. But that's good enough for now. And so he chose. Um, he chose to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin for a season. He chose holiness over worldliness. He tr- he chose reproach over riches. He left Egypt in verse twenty-seven. Not by, by faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith. He kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. God loves his children, and, and, and there's a difference between those of us who are called the children of God than those who don't know God. Now, there's a common grace. God gives grace to everybody, but there's a special grace, a personal grace to those of us who call God our Father because of Christ, and we're protected, and we're, uh, we're delivered, and we see fruit in our faith, and And by faith, the walls of Jericho fall down after they had been encircled for seven days. Maybe you're facing a situation where you've been walking around Jericho for years, and you're like, "Well, the walls ever fall? Listen, and in their perfect time, they will. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And then he goes on, verse 32, and what more shall I say? for time would fail me to tell of Gideon. and B- Now, he doesn't even have time now. It's like, this is a sermon, you know, like you're looking at the clock and you're like, how am I going to fit everything? It's already five minutes to the end of the sermon. He's getting to the end of the sermon. He's like, man, there's so many others. There's Gideon, 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 and Barak, and Samson. Samson is listed here. Samson, the guy whose eyes were plucked out because he sinned and he committed sin after sin. He disdained his parents and he went after woman and Delilah and he loved woman for a while more than God but eventually his heart was God's and he was God's chosen because of God's God's sacrifice it's all God's sovereign choosing of his people and and don't, not per, not perfect people but forgiven people and repentant people and people who come to God and draw who believe that God is, and that He's a warrior of those who diligently seek Him. And then He goes on of David and Samuel and the prophets who, through faith, conquered kingdoms and forced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. But listen, the the list isn't just all amazing feats. But there was also another side of it. It says, they, "Of course, verse thirty four: quench the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword." But that means they faced the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war put foreign armies to flight. Women received back their dead by the resurrection. Some, listen, listen, now it gets a little bit harder. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They weren't delivered from that like others it's not always an opening of the waters here on this earth God has a uh, God has a plan in every situation God is working things out do you trust God is your faith in God? are you drawing near to God even when you're the one who's being flogged while others are being delivered? That's the test of faith. Do you believe God? So others suffered mocking and flogging, even chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They, they, it's told that prophet uh, 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 Isaiah was sawn in two. They were killed with a the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the, of the earth. And all of these... Though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Listen, we can be confident because of the others. Are you not moved by this list? Are you not encouraged in your life by this list? You could spend a week studying every one. We can spend a month studying every one of these men and women and be encouraged by the stories of brothers and sisters in Christ. Those are, we're going to lead into chapter 12 next week where we talk about, like, there's, they're, they're the hall of faith that is watching us as we're living our life and they're urging us on. They're like, if you've ever seen a marathon, once we were in Turkey and, and I happened to be on a street and the marathon, the street was closed and there was a marathon happening and we were happened to be spectators. It was an incredible experience. We saw these people running, we were encouraging them. And the more we cheered, the more they would you could see them, they were beat up or we towards the end of the course and they were tired and they were running. But the minute they would hear us cheer, they would hurry up and hurry up. And it might have just been a minute of that segment when we saw them but but it motivated them and and do you understand that these people that we just read about are now in heaven looking at, I don't know if they're actually looking at us, but the point is they're, they're cheering us on through their testimony. And so the points just to wrap up sort of the applications. And I think that we've talked enough about it. I think we've sort of made the points, but just if you're filling the blanks, the faith of the others spurs me to keep walking with hope. Are you walking with hope? Hope is a confident expectation that God will do what he's promised to do. The faith of the others, you see their stories, it spurs us on to keep on keeping on, not to stop. Don't stop now. Keep up. That's the whole message of Hebrews. Keep up. The second point is the victories of the others, not just the faith of the others. They had faith that spurs us on, but there's the victories of the others empower us to keep believing God for more. If you're still alive, then God could still do anything. Yeah, the walls of Jericho may fall down. The waters may split. We don't know. All we know is that you're still here and, and the, the victories of the others empower us. That's real power so to believe God and to rest you all on God, even when you don't know the answers, even when it looks foolish to do so. You don't think the people of Israel looked foolish walking around Jericho seven times, everybody jeering them and laughing at them and Eventually, they shouted the praise of God and the walls stumbled down. And listen, if you are praying for a loved one, if you are waiting for a spouse, if you are praying for your marriage, if you are in a job and you're just like, God, I know you've got something more. Maybe you're like me, you're in a ministry and you're wondering, God, there are things I believed you would do and I'm praying and I want to see more. And listen, this chapter should empower you to believe God for more because faith brings results. Listen, every story is a story of turnaround in one way or the other. Don't be afraid to put your hope in God. Every victory points to God's glory, and God is above all going to be glorified through our lives. And so here's the third point. The sufferings of the others, because we did read about sufferings. The sufferings of the others remind us to endure no matter what. Remember, this was a call to endurance. You endure. Why? Because the sufferings of the others inspire us. They remind us that we can endure. While the people of Israel, when the Hebrews book was written to the Jewish people who had given their life to Christ, they maybe for a minute forgot that they were not unique. They were not the first people to be, to be persecuted for their faith. And they needed reminders of people like Daniel, of people like, Mo, you know, you look at the Old Testament of, of Jeremiah, the people, the, the prophets, and, and the, the men and women who had come before them who had walked difficult roads. They were not the first to suffer and to wait and to wonder. Listen, you are not alone in your struggle of faith. And the sufferings of the others should be a motivation. They should remind us to endure no matter what. God's strength is always seen best in our weaknesses. If you feel weak, that is not a bad place to be. That is where God's grace pours on you. God's people are often mistreated in this world. Listen, God's promises will always come through for us in due season. Faith makes victory possible. Faith faith removes obstacles that makes them as nothing. And lastly, the focus of the others, the focus, their focus, their focus on eternity, their focus on what is true. The focus of the others allows me to see past my present circumstances. Faith makes future present. Faith looks at the future and sees it as now. You look at life and you go, man, this 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 life we're living here, buying a house, having families, you know, kids, all these things. I mean, they're great things, but but there's more coming. And faith looks ahead, faith sees it as present, faith understands, see the focus of the others reminds us. They were so focused that they when they suffered. could see. I love these. There's a couple of verses in chapter 11 that are so powerful. And one is in chapter, in verse 13, where it says, these all died in faith, not having received the things, promises, but listen, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and then verse thirty-nine: All these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us. And so they were looking at the unseen. This reminds me so much of 2 Corinthians chapter four, where it says that we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away; our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. Listen, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So the question to you, and even leading into the next week's lesson, what are your eyes fixed on? Are your eyes fixed on Jesus? Are your eyes fixed on the future? Are your eyes fixed on eternity? Are your eyes fixed on the promises of God who does not lie? Listen, Jesus is better, and because he is, he's given us the testimony of others so that we would be strengthened. And so no matter where you are today, no matter what weight you're carrying, you are not alone. God is with you, but more importantly, God has given you brothers and sisters in Christ, some who you've never met but have read about and heard about all these men and women, to, to strengthen your faith, to empower you, to propel you towards eternity in Christ. And so let's not wait till eternity to experience all the joy, all the peace, and all the rejoicing that is ours in him. Let us come boldly with faith, believing that God is waiting for us to draw near, but also believing that God will reward those of us who come to him in faith. Well, that's the end of our time together and I'm so glad you checked in. I hope that you found this study useful. Listen, I'd love for you to come back next week. We drop new episodes every week and we're gonna continue with the Hebrew study. Hey, why don't you use the time during the week to read through what we just uh, studied. Why don't you go back and read from Hebrews and on and on and uh, let the word of God dwell in you richly. Uh, Let us uh, lean into what God uh, is doing in our lives. And uh, before I leave you, let me remind you that you can check out drlenabook.com and find out all about my new book, or just go to Amazon and put in my name or the title of the new book. Don't tell anyone you're reading this. I think you're gonna love this book. Hey, if you've read it, why don't you go to Amazon and leave a review And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, do so. Uh, It will be an easy way to be reminded every week that there's a new episode. Hey, again, thanks for being here. We're praying for you. If you want to leave me a message, do it at lina at livingwithpower.org. And uh, with that in mind, enjoy the rest of your day. Take care and know that God loves you.